Hello and welcome to the Complete Geeks Podcast, Episode 3. My name's Organic and I'm joined here by Bob. Hey, hey. Um, got some bad news. Um, Toast is no longer going to be a part of the show. Womp womp. Um, he quit, or I guess Bob and I made a decision that we're just going to move on from it. Yep. But, no, all, all reality, he's gone for the week for work, so he'll be joining us next week. Perfect. So to get into things, what have you been up to this week, Bob? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I've been playing Ultimate Alliance 3 a lot. Past, I would say past like two days or so. It's really, really good. And it's a lot better than <laughs> Ultimate Alliance 2, thank God. And so, yeah, I just been, I've been addicted to that. I started watching The Boys on Amazon today. Okay. Yeah, that was... That's I don't, have you ever heard of it? I have not. Uh, so it's a pretty much a superhero show where it's the equivalent of the Avengers if they were all a bunch of bastards. <laughs> and so, yeah. so the main character he's pretty much just leading a normal life and he's out there with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend actually gets murdered by one of them accidentally. Pre, it's you want to say it's accidental, but he got murdered by her by yeah. the guy and. He, he goes over and the, you actually see, like, they're like, oh, you know, it's an accident. Don't worry about it. And then he meets up with pretty much uh, Carl Urban. He meets up with Carl Urban and tells him, like, hey, do you want to go after these people? And so they proceed to start slowly but surely trying to take them out one by one. And I'm on the second episode now, and so far it's been fantastic. Now, I know with Amazon they release, I think, an episode every week on most of their shows. Are all the episodes out now, or...? I want to say they're all out now because okay, that's nice. yeah yeah because they just came out on the 26th and I'm on episode two right now so yeah yeah it's one of those things that I understand why Amazon does it but the way my watch patterns are if it hooks me I want to keep at it yeah and that was definitely with this show because I started watching episode one and there was definitely no stop as soon as episode one ended I just jumped right into episode two it will definitely, I'll probably watch it more of it after this. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, to go back to Ultimate Alliance 3, um, how would you say it compares to the previous games? I know 2 is not on everybody's favorite list, but... I actually, in terms of the actual games themselves, I would have to either say it's just as good as 1, if not better than 1. For sure. Okay. Yeah, because... Nice. Yeah, the what I like about it a lot is all the cutscenes are actually now they're cutscenes, not just a bunch of people standing with dialogue back and forth. Oh yeah, so, I forgot about that. Yeah, so you actually get like legit, really nice cutscenes. It runs and the game itself it runs fantastic on the Switch. Like you can definitely tell the game was built for the ground up for the Switch. I've been playing a lot in portable mode. And yeah, and the the art style looks like it makes a lot of sense for the platform they're on. Yeah, and it keeps it it keeps it running at a consistent at a consistent quality, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It has a very much like a, I don't know, have you ever played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite? Yeah. Yeah, it has that very, like the big, chunky, blocky character models. It's almost like the same exact character models as that. Okay, nice. Yeah. But, yeah, actually uh, having having the legit cutscenes and having an actual, like, bigger story is, is definitely awesome. Any uh, standout character for you so far? Uh, right now I'm using... Right now, I'm using Captain America mainly because I'm just biased. And then Hulk, Hulk, Thor, 
and Iron Man. And yeah, I haven't really dug really deep into the roster to start testing out a lot of people. I've tested out Wolverine and mainly back and forth between Wolverine and Captain America. And Wolverine definitely is, he has a move where you can just totally like cheese ball it. Pretty much you just hold like his super move and you just keep on tapping the button and he's just slashing everything left and right. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, now some of the characters are unlocked from the start, aren't they? Yeah. So or there's a locked. Yeah, there's there's story lock from the start. Um, there's a small roster. Pretty much, you start out, you play as the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that all fits into the story. And then, as you proceed, you talk to more and more characters. There's a there's a cutscene pretty much where they introduce like the Avengers, and so all of those unlocked. And I haven't even unlocked everybody yet. But as you go through the story, and you see like almost every single character has like a small introduction, and then they start to unlock from there. Oh, very cool. I'm, yeah. I'm tempted to check it out. I, I think my daughter would get a kick out of it, too. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because you play as all four characters regardless. You just switch back and forth on a D-pad, but it's drop-in, drop-out co-op. So even if she wanted to play, she can just drop in, play for a little bit. If she gets bored, you can just pick up right where you started. You don't have to do anything fancy. Oh, very cool. Yeah. How about you? Anything Anything new on the front? Uh, earlier this week, um, Toast had a few days where... He was up pretty late, so we checked out the new casino update for GTA Online. Nice. How is it? Um, it's probably the most approachable DLC that they've had, where there's not a huge barrier to entry. Okay. I think um, to actually use the casino, I think it cost uh, maybe like $500 to get like a membership to use the games. Oh, that's not bad at all. And then the kind of penthouse starts out at... I think it's 1.2 million which hmm. is if you play gta gta online you probably already have that already yeah but it's kind of got a basic mission structure um it's got horse racing slot machines roulette um and you can you can make a decent amount of money if you play the right machines nice. but as far as any gta expansion that they do hmm. it's absolutely chaotic anywhere outside the casino oh is the people just ready to mug you with all your earnings as soon as you get out yeah and my one complaint on it is when you do do the missions it always seems to drop you far enough away to the casino where anybody can pick you off oh so pretty much people are just sitting there it's almost like red dead red dead was the same way where red dead 2 online where people were waiting just outside of where you needed to be and as soon as you came out of like a passive mode they just shot you and took you whatever took whatever they wanted yeah and there's and there's new structure i think behind their passive mode as well that used to be players would hop in and out and just wait to kill you but there's kind of a time to cook on it okay like a cooldown yep that makes sense that's that's a nice feature then and then i'm kind of interested to see what rockstar does because i read the other day that the expansion is blocked in i think 53 countries because of the gambling laws oh that makes sense yeah that's that's crazy yeah so i i don't know if rockstar is gonna try to change it for those countries slightly or if they can take a different type of currency to it yeah that's very strange is there any states that are locked away from it or no um, I feel like I saw one in there, but I don't want to say anything because I don't have it offhand. Right. Understandable. 
they're they're tying it into essentially i imagine what the whole loot box issues were last year yeah i it's it's one of those things where it could be difficult yeah it's i guess they had to do like essentially figure out okay we could put it out here and see what happens but you know obviously there's going to be certain countries that are going to be restricted from it. and i guess they took i guess they realized the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or figure they can put it out and figure out a workaround later on yeah and i i can't see rockstar wanting to miss out on that revenue exactly is there a fact of how long gta online has been running now <laughs> yeah what gta online i think is in october it's been out six years and yeah. i believe last month it was the number one selling game in the uk that's insane it's i think just prints money now you you've already recouped all of your costs for it like eightfold now I was talking to Toast about this the other night, but do you think there's going to be a chance that they do another remastered version for next gen? Or do you think it's just going to be backwards compatible? It, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. It's like almost you want to say because it's already essentially a remaster. It's a remaster anyway of the PS3 and 360 versions. So you want to say, okay, well, now's the time to move to a new engine and you would go over and make it a different number i would if it was me i would say they would go with gta 7 or gta 6 yeah yeah because i couldn't imagine them trying to remaster you're a lot of people would be upset including myself where it's like okay this horse has already been beat for the past six years and now you're gonna just do it again like come on guys yeah i will i would like to see him at least put out the 4k patch that they yeah. had for PC. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. At least release that. Even if they made it backwards compatible and released that for GTA five and still told everybody like, hey, we're still working on six. I think that would be a good middle ground for it. Mm-hmm. And then the other things I've been up to I finished that Netflix uh glass blowing reality show. Oh my god, how was um, that? It was it was surprisingly entertaining. It was it was a good filler show. The episodes I think are around twenty five minutes long, but we'll say it's it's a really good looking show in four K. Oh, that's I can imagine all the colors and everything like that it has to be fantastic. Yep, but I think it's eight episodes. So if you want to get into it, and knock it out. It doesn't take much at all. Nice. And then last night I went to see Tenacious D up in Kansas City. Ooh. Um, it was pretty neat. It was at an amphitheater that I've never been to. And one, one of those things that liked him in probably 16 years ago, roughly, and never thought I'd have the chance to see him. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's definitely exciting when you think that you're never going to see somebody live and then you all of a sudden get the opportunity. And the, the people watching was fantastic. Oh, oh I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was some of the. Do you have anything that stands out? Like anything where you're just like, oh, I'm going to remember this. It's, it's <laughs> as far as, as far as crowd wise, it made me think, well, I, I may be divorced, but there's somebody for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, this is it. I, I've made it. Yeah. And, yeah. um, as far as music wise, I mean, it was pretty funny. I, I'd say it, it's pretty low production wise intentionally. Okay. But they they went over kind of 
built back the whole story of the pick pick of destiny and kind of made sense for the people that have seen that movie nice and then came came back today and really haven't done too too much except for relax a bit very cool that was that's one thing i will say today uh i was in between watching the boys and stuff i actually we were talking about it last week and how i move stuff around i all of a sudden started looking at shelves and i was like yep time to rotate and so i brought down quite a few lego sets to start building back up to some new stuff and so i think i'm gonna put like the spider-man homecoming stuff out and i have i have the solo millennium falcon to put out and so i think i'm gonna build those and yeah change it up oh nice um how big is that millennium falcon um that one's that one's pretty much like a quote-unquote kid size as opposed to you know even though it's got a hundred and seventy yeah that one price. set yeah so it's about 15 or 15 inches long something like that okay yeah um on the collection side i was i meant to ask you this probably when we did our first episode mm-hmm. but when you're collecting um all of this how do you decide if you're going to take it out of the package or if you're going to leave it <laughs> so so my belief is unless Unless it's something that's really cool or really like ultra rare where I don't, if it's something ultra rare, like I feel as if that's going to be, you know, maybe valuable over time or something, I'll leave it in, which is a very rare occasion for me. Mm-hmm. 95% of the time I take the stuff out to display it. It's easier, it, yeah. yeah, it's easier to display for me. And then I like taking pictures of that stuff and posting it on Discord or posting it on my Twitter. And I like seeing it out of the package. And like you said, why buy something like that if you're not, it's almost like with your records. Why buy the record if you're not going to play it and listen to it? Yep. Yep. And so that's me. It's like, why am I going to buy a toy? And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking like mint on card collectors or anything like that. But it's just for me, it's what's the point of buying something or spending all that money on something if I'm not going to display it? Now, say which ones in your collection are still in the package. Just maybe like a top three. I have that are still in the package, like top three. Oh, God. And you're really uh, <laughs> putting man, the pressure on you. Yeah, really putting the pressure on me. Uh, I have a Toy Biz. It's not rare. It's not super expensive, but it's just close to my heart. Uh, remember the old 1990s Toy Biz line? Uh-huh. Like the, the Marvel superheroes. I have a Captain America of that on card that I love dear. Yeah. Uh, one of the rarer ones. I do have a, uh, a Secret Wars Captain America on card. And that's like one of the rarer ones. That's one I bought it for like twenty bucks at a flea market, and I was like, "It's worth way more than that now." And uh, let's see. And this is you're really putting me on the spot for this. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> uh, now I, rem- I remember you sending me a couple pictures of the uh, TMNT figures that you still had on card. Yeah, I those actually. Yo, <laughs> thank you. You saved my life on that one. Uh, I have all four of the original comic turtles that NECA did and those are a grail piece of mine because there's a lot of bootlegs out there now and a lot I've of the bootlegs that. yeah they come in those like there's two releases to the NECA turtles they released the ones that are on card like a, just a regular old action figure card and then there's other ones that they released on in a tube and pretty much all the bootlegs come in the tubes I have a set of the bootlegs the bootlegs are actually really freaking good for a set of bootlegs but I always wanted just a set, like an actual set that was on card. And so when NECA got the turtle license, I was like, or like started reproducing like a lot of turtle stuff. They were not allowed to reproduce those. So I got in and bought a set before they like skyrocketed. And yeah, they sit prominently in my collection now. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned NECA and kind of the bootlegs, because I, I haven't followed figures that much, but obviously, if you know anything about them, you know NECA's pretty deep and kind of the detailed level of quality. They seem to be the worst at protecting the bootleg market. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I always crack a joke because NECA released those figures, and then Playmates, who's the master license holder of the Ninja Turtles pretty much told them like you're not allowed to release these figures anymore so you have to pull them back so NECA did pull them back but I'm pretty sure that they just like left the molds in the factory and were just like here everybody hold on to these molds and just sold them off or or they just are just really really bad about destroying molds and they just leave them there and somebody just produces stuff after a while it's it's something weird like you said they don't they don't know how to hold on to molds or destroy them after they're done with them and I, I look out there on eBay, and, I mean, everyone's got these lit. You know they're bootlegged by the price and what the packaging right. is. But they list them as NECA. Yeah. Yeah, NECA, NECA doesn't say anything. You know, they, I guess because... And it's understandable for them because they don't care because they're not cutting into their revenue. They don't care because they're not allowed to produce them anymore. But, yeah, it does, it does gum up, like, search bars and stuff when you type in NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you're just getting, you're pretty much dealing with the whole entire thing of bootlegs at first, and you have to really scroll through. Even even getting the ones that I have on card now, it took a lot of time, and pretty much it was almost talking to the guy because I was paying a significant amount of money for him. It was like I had to vet him and send him, have him send me pictures of everything because I didn't want a set of bootlegs or pay that much money for a set, and so he had to send me a lot of pictures before I even said, you know what? Okay, I'm good. I'll buy this. Yeah, that's the yeah. scary thing about it. Yeah. And a lot of these people that may get kind of pulled into the collecting don't know any better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you see it all the time with video games, especially vintage video games. You, you'll see the person that will go over and post, like, a real copy of Earthbound or, you know, a real copy of Conker's Bad Fur Day for N64, and they want all this money for him, but then you scroll down two more listings and you see one for twenty bucks, and you're like, "Oh, this guy bought the you know this guy the person who doesn't know that that's a bootleg is like, oh, this guy's only selling it for twenty bucks. I'll buy it from him." And next thing you know, you're getting a copy and people are posting pictures of it. And you're like, "Look at this pristine copy of Earthbound that I bought off of eBay for fifteen dollars or twenty bucks," and it's like, "Yeah, because that's a bootleg." <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk to you about. This is a Good topic when Toast isn't here. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the new Ninja Turtle series? And where would you like it to go? Or, the, in, who, or in whose hands? The newest Ninja Turtle series? Yep. <laughs> I have not watched a whole lot of it because I think it's trash. <laughs> I would gladly agree. Yeah, I think it's... Especially, have you ever watched any of the 2012 series? Yep. Yeah, and so coming from the 2012 series to coming to this new one, I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, It's almost like they're just changing it up just not for the sake of making it something different, but just doing it because they're like, oh, well, we can do it. Why not? And you can almost tell because with the 2012 toy line, because, you know, obviously collecting figures for so long, you would see those figures hit the shelves and a lot of them would disappear really quick and they would sell through because kids wanted them. Yep. And you had big giant end caps that were all just TMNT stuff. Uh, you know the you know the turtle lair, you know the shell razor things like that. 
Now you go to Target now and you see this little tiny section with four pegs and it's the same three or four turtles that you've seen for the past three weeks. Like they're not ordering cases like they used to because the show's not doing well and neither is the merchandising for it because I think they changed too much stuff up and it's not and not for the good. You know, it's it's one thing changing stuff up and like, okay, I can live with that or okay, this works better for a story, but they just change stuff just to make it look different and it's just, okay, you're looking at this. And then the animation style just, you went from a decent CGI style to this weird, like, flash-type, quick-cut, you know, low-frame. It's, yeah. it's really jarring. Yeah, it's... And they're just like, look, everybody, look, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, you like them? And it's like, no, no, they don't look anything like I like. And so I'm not going to support this. <laughs> no, they don't even have weapons in the new series, do they? They do but they've changed a lot of weapons around so i don't think i want to say that first of all Raphael, i think is the leader now and he uses like tonfas or something like that i don't even bother to look yeah it's it it's just so strange that they deviate so much from the source material but no i i would agree on like the 2012 series there was definitely things i didn't like about that series but it was also the first series since the original that had the kind of charm to it. Yeah, and you still had the same principles. You still had the same principles, and it's still it's pretty much just like a deeper version of the plot. With the 2003 series, I got a little. I was like, okay, this is getting a little hokey, and some of the 2012 series does too when they like go off into space and stuff. But they almost knew exactly how long to keep it in. In those in those seasons, it's like, all right, well, we're gonna do this many episodes in space, and then we're gonna bring them back down to Earth because that's what everybody wants. And so you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like they kept a lot of things tight, and then actually making an overall story continuity for it made it very easy to watch and very enjoyable. Yeah, and what was it? The early 2000 series, I think that was the last one that was tied to Saturday morning. I think CBS had the rights then. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so you had Saturday morning or the two thousand three series it was either CBS did syndication, but Fox Kids was okay. the big thing for that one. Yep. Yeah, and do you think Nintendo can recover from it? Or do you think it's just they might not have the care that they once did for it? You talking about uh Nickelodeon, you mean? Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It's been I was a long saying, day. right? I understand. Nintendo's never recovered from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, <laughs> fuck that underwater level, right? Um, I, I don't know. I, I would say, I would hope so, considering the fact that you know Ninja Turtles did take a long hiatus from television for quite some time in between the you know 2003 series and the 2012 series, and people seem like it picked up and it did right by it but the big thing is is that yet again you release another series you have to do right by it you have to you can't forget where you came from when it comes to that kind of stuff and that's that's almost like the slap in the face that this series shows is that you have a lot of the fans that are buying a lot of this merchandise like there is a majority of them that are kids but there's also a larger majority that are collectors like myself that will buy this merchandise and buy the bigger sets and things like that and to release something where you're just like, here, they'll buy it regardless of, regardless because it's Teenage <laughs> yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're just like, no, no, I won't. I'll go over to somebody like NECA who's releasing the figures that I actually want. 
Oh, and I, I cannot wait for the next Target series. Yeah, I mean, the next Target series, and then, you know, they're talking about the Triceraton and things like that coming later on. And then, I don't know if you saw in the, SS, the SDCC preview, but the Krang figure that they had in the little uh, Technodrome, uh, the little Technodrome, pretty much the Centroid hub. Yep. He's holding a blueprint for his Android body. Oh. <laughs> and he's holding it to Shredder, like, and I was... The ones that they released, the 18-inch scale ones, like, I hope they release an Android body on a quarter scale. That's what they call them. Yeah. That would be so awesome. Like, just make it perfectly in scale with the Turtles. Like, that would just... Oh, God, that would be the shit. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's what it should be. Yeah. Absolutely. Make a make a six-inch... That's a perfect example of making, like, a six-inch one and then also making an 18-inch one and both of them being perfect with the with the regular Turtles. Yeah. and that And that's the one thing that I say that... They do get right. They know the intention of these figures. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they are not going to be played with, but people want to display them like yourselves. They want yeah. to set up the scene, right? And that's and circling back around, that's that's another reason why I open my figures because of the fact that you're opening it. Like I don't feel like there's been times where I've I've gotten figures like in a box. And I'm like, oh, these are great, and then I end up putting it away, and I stop to think. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why do I? just put the stuff away. And so a lot of times I, you know, I, I've cut back in terms of like, I'm not buying everything, but what I, the stuff I do buy, I want to make sure that I open it, look at it, be able to like snap pictures of it or put it in a cool pose and then set it on my shelf. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I was really good coverage on the collections. I don't have anything on my front. Um, it's been quiet. My wallet's been feeling better by that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, next, I, I just want to move on. Obviously, yeah. everybody that listens to us knows that we don't cover all the news, but we cover the things that interest us, and hopefully it interests the listeners. And one of the things that caught my attention this week was the rumblings of the work that a couple actors are doing to get a Gears of War movie made. And that's Dave Batista, obviously WWE, and the Guardian series, and then Terry Crews, um, Probably his most famous role is Crackdown Three, <laughs> but um, I think it's it's very interesting to see two relatively big names wanting to be attached to a video game movie, right? And I th- I I would like to see what traction Microsoft puts behind this because myself looking back at Gears, I think that. That series needs a new kick, a new new look to it, and I think a movie that could tie into any series, or even if it was a Netflix series like, say, The Witcher coming out, that it, it could be a new start for that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. That would be awesome, and especially with something with Gears, because y- you have a lot of lore, but the actual gameplay and everything is very compact, and... There isn't a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening, but not a, you know, you know what I mean? Like not a lot of stuff happening in between characters. Yep. So you, you can do, you can do, I mean, I think it would work well as a movie in terms of keeping it condensed and keeping it movie. Cause that's essentially the, the whole entire game itself is very fast paced, very, you know, a lot of just gunplay, just, it just a pretty much an action movie that you play and it will work really well in the film sense. Yeah, and I'm the one 
thing I would say against that is I think Gears and Microsoft's direction is moving away towards the kind of big, big bulky characters. Obviously, the Gears of War 5 is going to have a female lead. Right. So would they look at that as a step backwards or maybe also to let a movie, like you said, expand those characters? Get to right. know that they just aren't big jocks or soldiers. Right, and the big thing is, is, regardless of Microsoft moving away from that or not, it comes back to the like the conversation that we had before. Microsoft can't forget where they came from. They they produced this game the way you know Gears of War itself, the original Gears of War. Like, yeah, you had these big chunky characters and stuff like that, but regardless, like that's what made you the money. And you can't just all of a sudden produce a movie and it's like, they don't look like that anymore. They look like this now. And, and expect people not to be upset by it or pretty much put their money where their mouth is and not go and not go see it. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's, it's time for them to make that jump. I mean, yeah. you're going to start to read all the news of next year. There's probably going to be a lot of, lot of talk into Uncharted. Um, right. obviously Tom Holland's tied to that, but it's going to be, okay, this is Sony's making a movie. Yeah. Um, obviously they, they didn't have success on the Ratchet and Clank, but they, <laughs> they got one of the biggest names behind it. Right. I, I will say the Ratchet and Clank was neat because the game was better. Obviously the game that was essentially like tied to it, quote unquote, but it was cool because the game actually pretty much gave you different perspectives on different scenes that were happening in the, the scenes played out differently, not plot wise, but just played out differently in different shots in the movie than they did in the game. But yeah, I mean, you, they have to start doing something with it, especially now that you're, you know, coming from like detective Pikachu where everybody was like, I don't know if this is going to do well or not. And then it came out, it was like, wow, this is actually a generally good movie, even though it's a video game movie. You know, it's the same way, almost almost like you're getting this, you need this, like, renaissance of having good video game movies like we did with superhero movies. Yep. So, um, you find anything interesting this week? Uh, News-wise? Yeah. So, the powerhouse that is Disney that will never stop making money, uh, Disney has earned $7.67 billion at the box office in 2019. Holy shit. Already. Already. Shattering its previous record for the total year earnings, which was set by Disney itself again in 2016 with 7.61 billion, and so they've already blow they've already blown it out of the water, and you still have five months left. And then what's crazier to me is that you have Frozen two, you have a Maleficent sequel coming out, and then you have Star Wars at the end of the year. So, like that is absolutely insane, and I. I would say two of those movies, well, two of those movies for sure are going over a billion. Yeah. I I would give Frozen 2, I I could see it giving Endgame a run for its money. Um, just the powerhouse that that is. Yeah, if it, if it hits the right, I mean, obviously you have a bunch of kids that grew up with Frozen that will definitely want to see it. But then if you can introduce a new generation into watching Frozen just like any other famous Disney IP that that like you said that thing could be unstoppable. Yeah. And and if it has hit songs like the original cuz I remember the original came out and 
it was in theaters and then they re-released it as like a sing-along version which had like subtitles and songs and stuff like that and so it's like holy crap like this you can you have multiple ways of releasing this yeah and i yeah props to disney to doing that as well because i do remember that and of of changing okay this isn't something you watch it's an experience go to the theater everyone's joining in on it right yeah, and I mean, it's it's cool because, you know, like you said, you have a small child, and it's something like that. You can bring your kids to the theater, and you put the subtitles on the screen, and you're expecting your kid to actually engage in it rather than just sitting there quietly watching a movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's where that's where Disney works out and makes their makes a whole crap ton of money. <laughs> so where, where do you think Disney's going to go in 2020? Because... Judging by the the Marvel Phase Four, there's a lot, there's a lot of new IP there that yeah. isn't going to be established. And well, it's it's almost like one of those things where I think I think they kind of sort of like hit their stride, and now you're trying to give your bigger IPs a break so that way it prevents like viewer burnout. So I am glad that they didn't introduce like Guardians of the Galaxy three right away. And you're giving people that want to stay on to the MCU after the Avengers, like give them kind of sort of like a break. Okay, well, you know, you have a little bit of time gaps here and there. So that way you don't have to sit there and say, oh, okay, cool. Endgame, the biggest theory, you know, the biggest movie of your life is done. All right, now we're going to start doing this again. And you're like, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. And And, it's cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. And they did such a good job with the. Uh, Marvel, especially when they came out with like Civil War. Okay, you might not get another standalone Captain America, but here's if Captain America is not your thing. Obviously, there's Iron Man, everybody else in it, so it gives kind of the everybody that likes that universe a chance to enjoy it. Right, and it's like you know, I mean, look at Thor Ragnarok. In my opinion, Thor Ragnarok is the greatest Hulk movie ever made. And so, <laughs> yeah, and so. It, it's stuff like that, and then you're introducing a lot of new characters and a lot of characters that even your most obscure people are looking forward to. But the one thing that Disney is really, really good at is introducing these obscure characters to the point where viewers can view them and say, you know what? Okay, I can totally believe you that this giant four-foot-tall raccoon talks and likes stealing stuff. And I can believe you that this tree just says, I am Groot, and just does that all the time. And... It's it's that kind of stuff because a buddy of mine he's he's really hyped up into the Guardians of the Galaxy like he you know this is the guy who he had like the first you know first appearance of Rocket Raccoon and stuff like that and you would never think in your whole entire life that somebody would be able to do something like that and so to have Disney make all these weird obscure characters super approachable is awesome and so that's the reason why like even I don't know like Shang Chi and things like that. I'm not even worried about it because I'm going to go into it. Like, you know what? I will enjoy this regardless because they are really good at what they do. Yeah, and that's that's been my my tail end of kind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I've grown to enjoy the obscure ones, mm-hmm. like Guardians. Any, anything that's slightly different, I don't have the knowledge of it, just to see a different take. Right, and one thing they are good at too is making you have these you have these origin stories that they're bringing in and a lot of them are really close to their source material but they're not close to their source material like 
they they try to make them so where it's still approachable and not over convoluted it's very easy and simplified to do it it's it's cool to me because at first i was like oh you know this is going to be hokey they're not going to do a good job with this and then you have somebody like me who's a longtime comic book fan looking at some of this stuff and then it's like I just, there's sometimes where I look at the MCU and I'm like, the decision for the MCU is way better than what they did in the comic books. And so, you know, it's... Yeah. Like, yeah, there's just... Like, prime example was uh, Captain America. The first Avenger, like, they showed, the first, they showed the first outfit and all these comic fans, like, had meltdowns over this. And they were like, this doesn't look like Cap, this is ridiculous, I can't believe that you're not using the classic 1940s suit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then and then when they showed the movie, they showed the stage show, and he's in that suit, and the director pointed out specifically, like, this is what I wanted to show you guys, this suit does not look good on a screen, but this one over here that I made, that had somebody make, looks way better. And people were like, yep, you're right, all right, we're not going to question you anymore, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that... Um... I was watching some deleted scenes for some of the promos for Endgame coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they showed Chris Evans wearing the, what was it, the 2012 Avengers mm-hmm. costume. Yeah. And he goes, he just looks at the camera, and he's like, how did I do a whole movie in this shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just, even, it's really funny, because especially after watching, like, Winter Soldier, and then and then you see, especially in Age of Ultron, like, you see those suits, and you go back to that when you're like, ooh. Like, what happened? Like, what did you guys do to choose? Cause it, they, that's one of those times where they try to make it almost like a comic book accuracy type of thing. And even Josh Whedon was like, yeah, it kind of sort of didn't work. <laughs> yeah, it, it just stood out like a sore thumb. Um, even looking back, I think Thor's costume did as well. Yeah. And, and, that's a, and that's the cool part. Now you're getting to the point now where, you know, Marvel is taking more, a little bit more risks and especially with phase four and taking more artistic license in terms of bringing more obscure characters in. And, you know, after they prove with Endgame, you had 10 years worth of films that were all put together in one and Toast might say Endgame sucks, <laughs> but well, I, Toast quit the show. Right. Toast. <laughs> yep. This is why this is the actual reason why. All right. Like Toast. Official <laughs> announcement from the Complete Geeks podcast. Endgame is the better movie. Agreed. <laughs> Toast can't do anything now. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So, you know, even looking at that and you're looking at, like, Shang-Chi, the what-if stuff, even when we talked about it in the previous podcast, you're, instead of being like, oh, I don't know about this, they've done such a good job already that you're actually hyped for all this stuff. You're like, cool, I'm ready for all this obscure stuff because why not? <laughs> yeah, and um, to go back to what-if, that after our last show, Castle Will Kill, that's in our Discord, also a streamer. Hmm. He brought up, he knew more information about What If, and that's actually a an established series. And, okay. Um, really caught my interest, because the cover that he shared, it was one, one of the storylines was Silver Surfer gets the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, that's awesome. And, I mean, it's just, they're, they're going to run wild with it, and right. that's what I want to see. Yeah, and that's that's all exciting. And also, Castle, yeah, Castle. If you ever, he doesn't mention it very much, but if you ever want to pluck his brain about comic books, he is he's the man when it comes to that stuff, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that stuff's awesome. Like you said, like the possibilities, like the possibilities for that are endless. And is that is that a series or is that a just like a one off? 
Uh, I believe it was a series in, I would say, the early to mid-90s, okay. is what he said. Or at least that's nice. the ones that he has. And now is the is the is it for Disney Plus? I believe it's Disney Plus, and it's intended to be animated. I'm, okay. I'm guessing it's going to be CG. That'd be cool. And then, for the most part, it should have all of the original MCU voices. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that'd be cool, because then you have established long-running series, and you can keep on doing that stuff. And then it makes it exciting, because, you know, eventually Marvel's going to bring in the Fantastic Four, which is all tied in with Silver Surfer and things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do on Fantastic Four. Yeah. I'm really, really excited for that, because I, I need Doctor Doom in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I think uh, that'll wrap us up for tonight. Yeah, I think so. Nice, nice tight-knit episode of us rambling. Yeah, it was good, and <laughs> yeah. appreciate everybody for tuning in. Definitely. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to give us any type of review. Yeah, good ask or us bad. If you want us to ask if Toast can come back or not? Yeah, you know, we'll we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll 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 think about it. And we'll we'll have a vote. Yeah, but also in the show notes, there's going to be a link for our Discord, and then. Bob does a great job on handling our Twitter account, and you want to tell us tell them where to find us. Uh, yeah, you find us at Complete Geeks, and then also you can, if you want to follow my Twitter, my Twitter is at Damn It Bob nineteen eighty four. How about you? Uh, I'm at Organic Avenger three. <laughs> nice, and that'll wrap us up. And once again, appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>